Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Confidence is a preference of the habitual voyeur of what is known as the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Good day, listener. Welcome to this freshly baked batch of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, the UK's premium weekly tech podcast, siphoned into your ear holes every Friday like a fresh batch of snake oil. This is the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, a weekly splurge of infotainment from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday we head to an audio zoo, taunting and pulling faces at caged audio lions, audio zebras and audio penguins, in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Don't forget to subscribe, review and tell your friends. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I'm delighted to be joined in conversation by the audio lion that is Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Hello. The verbal tiger that is Lewis Painter, staff writer of PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. And the insurance company's meerkat that is David Price, <laughs> acting editor of Macworld UK. All right. Does snake oil go in your ears? No, but, you know, you could put it in your ears. Good. I think snake oil is just a generic term for... Uh, Things that don't work. Medicine that doesn't work, yeah. I wouldn't put it in your ear, though. No? Well... I've had wouldn't. olive oil in my ear once. <laughs> my grandfather <laughs> used to put olive oil on his hair... Uh, as a styling product, and he also used to drink a cup of olive oil every time he went out boozing uh, because it stopped him getting a hangover. Wow. Anyway, this week we are talking smartwatches, hoverboards, and Twitter. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. Chris Martin, who's been getting smart about watches? So Pebble um, has launched... Uh, two new smartwatches and a third product. So I think it's his biggest launch to date, as in the most amount of products is done at the same time. Normally they just kind of do one at a time. So Pebble so, famously uh, was a Kickstarter that made a smartwatch? Yeah, I'm going to hand over to Lewis because he's an original Whoa. backer. I was, Whoa. yeah. I backed the uh, first generation uh, watch on Lewis is currently uh, lighting a cigarette with a £50 <laughs> note. <laughs> And I remember, yeah, because I remember it was, it was, you know, before the time of everyone having smartwatch, and it was the first real smartwatch that gave you notifications on oh, your yeah. wrist and that you do all this kind of stuff. And I was like, that is what I want from a smartwatch. And uh, obviously, compared to today's standards, it's a little bit basic, but I suppose that's why they're bringing out new ones. <laughs> but isn't the, uh, possibly slightly drifting off topic here, but isn't the very basicness of that original Pebble quite cool in some ways because it does the stuff yeah. you want your smartwatch to do and it doesn't have extraneous stuff you don't really need this is very true i mean it did help them keep the price down because i think it was about 149 pounds yeah. when it first came out 
I mean, considering it was the first one on the market, yeah. really. You know, that's... some years ago. I mean, yeah. 2012, maybe. 2012? Yeah, 2012. I think it was. Uh, it was on Kickstarter in 2012, and it started shipping in 2013. Right. But I might be slightly wrong there, but I think that's if my memory serves me well. <laughs> I think you're right. So, so go on then, Chris. What have they announced this week? So the the first device is the Pebble Two. So it's a new version of the original. Um, so it kind of looks slightly similar, slightly updated design, but it's got that kind of iconic look, I guess what you'd say now. Um, but they've added like stuff like a heart rate monitor, um, so it's a smartwatch and an activity tracker in one. Hmm. And you said there were three products? Yeah, so the other one is the new version of the Pebble Time, so that's the Pebble Time 2. So that's the more premium model right. um, with a colour screen, a bit bigger screen, and that also has a heart rate monitor. Uh, some of the specs are kind of similar between the two. They're both uh, water-resistant to 30 metres. Um, they both have the same activity tracking and the same heart rate monitor, um, but the battery life slightly varies. So the Pebble 2 will last a week, I think, and the Pebble Time 2 will last 10 days. Mm. And there's a third product? The third product is a, a new category, if you like. It's a, It's called the Pebble Core, uh, and it's this tiny little Android box that's like basically the size of a keyring. Um, and there's two versions of it, one for runners. Um, so that comes with 3G, GPS, uh, four gigabytes of internal storage, uh, a headphone port, obviously, so you can listen to music while you're running. Right. Um, and the whole idea of that is it clips onto your clothes and then you can go off running without your phone. Sweet. And you're doing all your... GPS stuff. tracker without phone is quite a big yeah. deal, actually. And 3G, so you can stream Spotify right. straight to it, so you don't even need stuff on it to listen to. And then it will sync with various running um, apps sure. when you get back. And then the other version of the Pebble Core is the Pebble Core for hackers. So this... Um, <laughs> That's what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It, it, it's meant in a, in a kind of fun sense. In a sense fun that... Hackers. It like kind of along, kind of <laughs> a, almost along the lines of the Raspberry Pi and the Microbit. It's kind yeah. of like here's a cool little device, and you can do what you want with it. It's, oh. it's your imagination. So there's a couple of buttons on it, and you can program them to do what you want. So the the possibilities are not necessarily endless, but the examples they're giving is you could program one to open your garage door if you've got an automatic door, or you could do something completely different, like get it to order you an Uber to your location sure. with a, just pushing a button. So that sounds like it's a bit more of a PR exercise than anything else, but it sounds quite cool. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. I can't, I'm can't. i trying to think what I would do with it, but yeah. I haven't actually come up with anything. Uh, get an Uber and <laughs> make its door open. Yeah. <laughs> Combine the two. So, okay, but why should we be interested and excited about this? We kind of touched on this a bit before, I guess. Pebble is a pretty iconic name in the smartwatch world. I think it's that, and... Um... I think Kickstarter gets something out of it as well because every uh, Pebble release has been funded by Kickstarter since the beginning because you know it was one of the most successful Kickstarters ever yeah. when it when it was funded, and um, you know and with uh, the launch last year you know that had the twenty fifteen yeah. yeah last year's launch set a record of yeah. twenty million dollars on Kickstarter insane. this one's month. already gone past seven and a half million wow and the watch is launched. Two days ago. Well, an interesting think, business model as well, yeah. that they don't have to raise funding up front. They announce yeah. a product. So there's a bit of cash goes into R&D, I guess, yeah. but then they announce a product. And uh, not only is it is the production funded by the Kickstarter, 
but also that's the publicity to an extent, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. Promotion. So the target was one million dollars, and it's already seven and a half. So it's like forty over forty thousand backers. It always seems a bit weird, though, isn't it? That the most successful Kickstarter projects are projects that don't need Kickstarter. Yeah, it's like I mean, I can see. Yeah, as you said, I can see why they've done it this way. At mm. times, I've thought, oh, this is a bit unfair because, like, it, it feels like something that should be for kind of companies making their first product, mm. and they yeah. kind of need that. Whereas mm. it feels a bit unfair. They could, they could afford to back run yeah. themselves, sure. Yeah. Though. Well, but, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but also. I don't know. I think I think there's something quite democratic about this. If they announced a product that people thought was a bit naff, they wouldn't get the funding. So it's it's kind of put your money where your mouth is. It's good for consumers because you get the products at cheaper prices. Mm-hmm. So yeah. If if especially if you get in there quick, like because obviously you get they have different. They're called rewards, yeah. reward tiers. So you get you know if you're within the first say thousand to buy. The core, you'll get it for sixty nine dollars, but then the next one will be seventy nine dollars, and there'll be a certain amount of them. And then oh, when it actually, then when it actually retails, it'll be ninety nine dollars. Yeah, so that's really weird because normally with Kickstarter, I associate it with with expenditure, with right. with you know people that go in there early. They want it early. They want to support. No, something, generally you get it they pay over the odds because you're, you're you're fun. No, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the opposite. Generally, you get it at a cheaper price because you're helping them out. Mm. So it's investment, isn't it? So okay, so moving on, or moving back to the devices themselves. Where are we with smartwatches in general? Who here wears a smartwatch? <laughs> Lewis, you do. I do. Yeah. Me and David both have the Apple Watch. And you both have the Apple yeah. Watch. Yeah. Um, and Chris, you don't, and I don't particularly. Uh, I. Oh, you do. I, yes. Well, I part. I have a few different ones because I I do a lot of our smartwatch reviews, not just because I'm some kind of smartwatch collector (laughs) (laughs) i've got a couple of android wear smartwatches so i've got the moto 362 and fossils one which is basically the moto 362 in a nicer (laughs) design um and i don't use them a huge amount partly because the battery life's not that good Mm. um but the one i'm wearing at the moment is the withings activity which is not really a smartwatch it's more of an activity tracker um it looks like a watch yeah it's a normal it's a normal watch with an extra dial telling me how many steps I've taken. Sure. I'm interested to know whether it's actually a good idea for a smartwatch to include activity or, or fitness stuff. This is the main thing they've added. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the original Pebble, I, I can see the sort of unique selling point of that. Yeah. People, I think we might still be at the point where people want to have a separate activity tracker. They want to get, um, I mean, this is a separate topic, but a Fitbit or something, because the running um, accuracy on my Apple Watch is not brilliant. I've, I've talked a lot of the time about how good it is at learning when you take a, an iPhone with you, then it learns your stride yeah. length and stuff, and it gets a lot more but accurate. But it's, if you're a... it's shocking that the Apple Watch doesn't have GPS, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i saying that. It I... would have compromises attached to it if they did, so this is the thing. And I, the, the smartwatch I've worn the most is the Microsoft Band and the Microsoft Band 2 which there are some challenges with those devices but what I like for me personally is the feature set which is the basic smartwatch feature set which is alerts and the ability to make some simple responses but essentially for me it's triaging messages so I don't respond to messages I don't get my phone out of my pocket all the time when I don't need to because I can see what's coming through and I know I can ignore it yeah. but it's also and I don't, I'm not wearing it now and I principally wear it actually when I'm running because it's got a GPS built in and that means I don't have to take my phone out How is the GPS on that? Because because my understanding is that GPS without a cellular attachment is sort of it's not as good because it doesn't have the assisted GPS. It can't. You have to. I mean, it take a while to get a signal. Yeah. And... So basically, so it's, but that's the same with all. I've got a few GPS running watches, 
uh, not unlike Chris, it's not because I'm some sort of weird collector. It's because I've reviewed a few over the, over time. And if they're not connected to a phone with a cellular connection, yeah, you basically you, you end up lurking around outside your house for 30 seconds looking like a weirdo, uh, <laughs> waiting for it to find the sky. If it's a sunny day or a clear night, no problem at all. If it's, uh, if it's very uh, cloudy, it might take like a couple of minutes. Um, you can, with the Microsoft band, and I'm sure the others are broadly similar, you can set off anyway and it claims it will sort of put a marker where you started and work it out but I've found that to be fairly inaccurate but in general the GPS is pretty accurate I would say but, and, and you are um, a comparatively serious runner I'm say, awesome David is what you want to say <laughs> I would say the majority of people would not need Maybe. something to be as accurate as that but no, I think you need to be fairly accurate though if you're, if you're training yeah. for a marathon even or whatever you want to know how far you've gone don't you and the problem with the traditional kind of activity band or actually I think the Apple Watch in the way it learns, and, and I take your point about being able to compare your own performance with your own performance, is if you were trading for a marathon or whatever, being half a mile out is potentially awful. You know. Um, okay, uh, so, but generally speaking, are we fairly pro smartwatches? I'm going with pro smartwatch. I'm hugely pro yeah. smartwatch. Yeah. I'm, I'm like the big advocate in the office, I think. <laughs> um, I wear this all the time, use the fitness stuff a lot. Um answer messages on it yeah. very good for notifications I was trying to get the game thing going on it for a while but there are no good games on Apple Watch unfortunately sure. um, I go through phases of kind of really enjoying using one and then finding it really annoying and not really wanting it that's been my experience actually I must admit there are times when I'm like and also the I have the added um, complication of I have a watch that I really like yeah. and that I've worn for 15 years <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to keep wearing it so I tend to end up wearing a smartwatch and a dumb watch uh, which feels a bit like a sort of um, Liberace style. Is that two uh, on the same wrist or is that one on each? I tend to go one on each and it feels wow. like I've got sort of amulets on. I feel like I'm like <laughs> uh, like Prince Adam from He-Man or something. Chun Li. Yeah, like like that person who I've never heard of. Never heard of Chun Li. Look, we're going to drift. Uh, shall we bring this conversation to an end by going around the room? You wear it well, or where is the humanity? <laughs> Chris Martin. You wear it well. David Price. You wear it well. Lewis Painter. You wear it well. You wear it well. Great, we'll take a short break and then we'll come back to talk about hoverboards. It's over, it's over, it's over, it's over. Lewis Painter, which fad has gone hoverboard? I don't really know what to say at that. <laughs> that took me by complete surprise. Replying song. No. No, yeah. no one ever wants to hear that. <laughs> uh, hoverboards are gone. You know, uh, considering about six months ago, they were the biggest thing on the market. At Christmas, they were huge for us. Insane. They? I mean, yeah. Everyone's reading about hoverboards. Yeah. You know, it was a top, top red story on the site every day for weeks because, you know, everyone needed, everyone wanted to get a hoverboard for Christmas. It was, it was mainly the kids, you know, the, the, the parents buying them for the kids for Christmas. Well, I think there was quite a, a large constituency of elderly people who were replacing their mobility um, <laughs> scooters with hoverboards. No, sorry, that was a dream. I <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? That? I did see a story once about how um, hoverboards would help the elderly get around, but yeah. obviously a more stable version than yeah. the one that we have on the market yeah. at the moment. Because... With, with three wheels. Maybe, maybe it's <laughs> maybe. blue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'd be uh, by about January, February, gone. Nothing. No one's buying them. No one's looking for them. Nobody really cares anymore. I, I mean, I still see people kind of ride them every now and again, yeah. but I don't really see as many people using them as I did six months ago. So, And we're definitely not seeing the interest on, on the site on PC no. Advisor, are we? No, yeah. So what happened? 
they all blew up. Right. <laughs> in unison, no. <laughs> and that's never good for a product yeah. unless it's a bomb. Exactly. <laughs> There's always one exception. Or fireworks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, basically what happened was the, the, you know, people started getting excited about the hoverboards around, I think it was like summer last year, the hype started to build. Uh, which was when people started manufacturing cheaply made ones. You know, so sure. you could, instead of paying £800 for them, you could pick them up for about £150, £250 on Amazon, places like that. And obviously, for a price like that, you're obviously you're going to go for it because why would you pay £800 when you can pay £250? And the idea is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, you, I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I think it's deeply uncool. Right. I think, but anyway, that's just me. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm interested in that. A lot, I know a lot of people disagreed with me, but I think the... Um, and, I, and I'm still seeing, I would say, quite a lot of people on hoverboards. Really? I mean, c- compared to six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just look, they just look terrible. Um, and I ha- I'm a naturally, uh, aesthetically, cool <laughs> aesthetically reactionary person in that I like things to be the same as they used to be, um, visually. And if I see people looking different, that I don't like that. Um, but they, it just looks silly and you're sort of wobbling a bit and you're going yeah. along looking like you're, you know, Buck Rogers or something. And everybody, I think, is going to be judging you mentally. And this, I know these are terrible things to say, but, you know, when we're talking about cool, we are being superficial. Absolutely. And I think Completely arbitrary as well. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that is one of the main issues. Because obviously I have one. Um, I didn't mean any, obviously. Yeah, no, I've taken Lewis complete disrespect cool. there. I'm going to leave the room now. I've had enough of this. This is victimization. No, um... Yeah, you don't really because obviously they were they were they're, they're illegal to use on the roads in the UK. So you don't really want to use them just in case you get in a bit of trouble. I mean, you won't really get into much trouble, but they're illegal. Yeah, you can't the, use them on on the roads or yeah. on the pavements in the I UK. I didn't know they were illegal. Yeah. Well, suddenly they become cool. Well, they're not roadworthy. <laughs> this is an interesting point. They're they're not roadworthy, so they're, and they're not taxed, so you can't use them on the road. But they're um, powered vehicles, mm-hmm. so you're not supposed to use them on the path either. Mm-hmm. How, where do mobility scooters come in that? Well, it's a massive grey area. Exactly. It, 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 it's, it's not so much that they're illegal, it's that there's no legislation. So, arguably, you could be mm. uh, done either way. You shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't ride them on the road, I would no. say. Anyone not on the road. You should ride a skateboard on the road. No. But, um, yeah, you know, you just feel self-conscious because you know that everyone around you is looking at you like, what yeah. a twat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when I got the uh, 12.9-inch iPad and I didn't use it for probably three months on the tube. I stuck with my iPad Air 2 because it, everybody's looking at you and you don't want to be the guy that they're, that's there. The they're just trying to work out the perspective. No, yeah. They're trying to work out whether you're a really tiny man. <laughs> <laughs> but now that now it's become a bit more commonplace, then now I'm willing to use it. But I, I, don't, I don't want to be the centre of attention, which no. a lot of the time clashes with uh, technology ownership because... Mm. I think a lot of companies are aiming for that. They're aiming for you to be, you know, Mr. Cool sitting there on the ship with your your unique product. So if, I don't want if that. everybody was hoverboarding around, you wouldn't feel so bad about doing it. You're making me sound like I'm just following the crowd now. But <laughs> I think if everybody was doing it, I'd still probably be the last to pick it up. I, I, no, I, I, I feel similarly. Like I had to go on Lewis's round the office and out on the balcony and I thought it was like mega loads of fun. Mm. But I wouldn't go and do it outside in front of people. Who I don't know. <laughs> Finally, we understand why David still comes to work on a horse. <laughs> I've always wondered. About that. that would be cool. Horses are cool. So horses are cool. <laughs> so, um, so okay. So there were problems with reliability, and lots yep. of hoverboards blew up. And then, as discussed, potentially the idea of it isn't quite the reality. And we're talking about central London as well, where yeah. people do weird stuff all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, out in the provinces, I suspect you might even, might feel even more exposed, pootling around in one of these things. So is that it? Do we think hoverboards were a fad or um, surely it's not the end for the hoverboard, is it? Um. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I mean, I've been trying to look and see if there's anything, you know, coming out this year, like new hoverboards, because obviously, I think, I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I feel like the issue with the first generation of hoverboards was the design of them. Sure. Uh, yeah, because basically, like, somebody like made a bad design. Everyone yeah. copied it, and yeah. the battery's really bad, and that's why they blew up. Yeah, it's all overheating. <laughs> essentially, that's that's how it works in my yeah. mind. I'm sure that's not technically how it is, but that's essentially what I feel. So um, basically, you need a company like Apple to come in with its uh, sense of reliability uh, and reputation, <laughs> make a better design, fix the problems, and call it the iBoard, and, and get all of the money. The Apple iBoard. That's that's there what I've got go. my money on. Connects to your Apple Watch on your phone. You can summon it to you. But I'm sort of serious in that if a single big company with yeah. a massive reputation put its reputation on the line and said this is reliable and isn't going to be engulfed yeah, in flames. Yeah. But it, then... it doesn't have to be a tech company, either, does it? It could be no. a bike yeah. manufacturer or a car manufacturer. Really or... Or... Surely they're in a better position to make something better. So. Yeah. Right. And Segways still producing Segways. You know, yeah. They've got the, the smaller Segways now um, where they can get controlled by the knee. So you've still got, they, oh, yeah. they look like the first generation hoverboards with a stick in the middle right. that you rest your knee, so you kind of, when you've got your knees together, you bend to the side and each side. and Lewis is making amazing gestures. <laughs> yeah, it's always really frustrating because no one can see what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, so we have some hope for the future of hoverboards. What about, I mean, what about other, I was just wondering about other uh, types of products that have had a kind of blaze of publicity and then, and then uh, like a match. Um blazed out i don't know what the phrase is um you know and i was trying to think smartwatches and wearables actually there's an element of this because there's a lot of hype and then if you look around the wrists of normal people there aren't that many smartwatches out there there are some here's a controversial one tablets i tablets was top of my list (laughs) tablets was top of my list i was trying i was hoping to get a rise out of you as the ipad guy no i I fully agree i'm a massive ipad guy just like i am a massive smartwatch guy but i know that uh yeah it, it was a definite peak 
um, people realised that what they did on their tablets they could mostly do on a laptop or on uh, a larger smartphone. Those yeah, two yeah. things from either side cannibalise the market. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to change it very often. It, it's still popular for yeah. particular sort of usage, which is, you know, you're on the sofa and you just want to check the internet. Yeah. But for that, you don't need to. Completely. And, and I've said this before, I, I use my iPad every day, but I use it essentially as an ebook reader that I can mm. do some other stuff on, occasionally play games on. And it's a first-gen iPad mini. And I'm never going to replace it until I need to replace it. This is it. the thing. You Like you said, they last a lot longer, so you don't feel like you need to buy a new one. Yeah, and the the fact that smartphone screens have put, you know, are generally between five and six inches now, most people just feel like that's that's enough. Yeah. They don't need, they don't feel the need to switch to the tablet to get a bigger screen because it's not that different. But I was thinking of another couple of product types which actually the tablet has replaced, or so the tablet and smartphone and police between them have replaced. Do you remember the um, was it personal internet device or you know? Uh, Pocket Surfer, was that what it's called? Pocket Surfer was one of those, but but slightly less complicated than Pocket Surfer. You had like HP's compact things and... Uh, you mean like Palm Pilots? Palm Pilots, yeah. yeah. And then organisers, which were a slightly different version of the same thing. Where yeah. Smartphones just wiped those things yeah. out. Um, apps actually in some ways. I mean, apps are incredibly useful and uh, apps that do stuff go from strength to strength. But there was this whole period where everything was going to be an app. Every mm. website was going to be an app. Mm. We got rid of all our apps because what was the point? The websites work perfectly well on on mobile. Um, but then, again, there's still this afterlife. So I, I suppose we might be looking at a similar thing with hoverboards, just trying to bring this to, to a close. <laughs> but, you know, th- there was a huge amount of hype last year, probably too much hype, and the products weren't up to it. But the products are getting better. The interest will still be there. And we may see a longer-term future for hoverboards. I keep thinking that drones are going to do the same thing. I was about yeah. to mention drones because... Um, Xiaomi just announced their drone yesterday, and that's like way cheaper than the mm. DJI ver- like the equivalent. Yeah. Which like some of the DJI drones are like two grand or at least a grand, and the ones that are underground are still quite close to that sum. Which is a you know that's a lot of money to spend on something that's probably for a lot of people a hobby. Yeah, obviously, lots of film companies I imagine are buying them and using them for. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? That kind it's, of thing. it's the practical usage. Yeah. So now, I mean, every single TV program you see has got an aerial shot because yeah. because drones are making have democratized yeah. that. They're making it really cheap to to take those kind of shots. But the me drone is like under five hundred dollars for like the four K camera model. It looks sure. really good. So again, I think I suspect drones as this kind of consumer gadget. Um, there'll be a, a flaring and then uh, less interest. But as a technical product, they've got a long and yeah. interesting future, I guess. Okay, let's go around the room. Hover bother or boards game? Boards game is the is the the positive one. Hover bother. David Price. Was it hover bother? Yeah, hover bother. Lewis Painter. Going board's game. Board is game. Brilliant. We'll take a second and then we're going to come back and talk about Twitter. He rocks in the treetops all day long, hopping and bopping and singing his song. All the little birdies on Jaybird Street love to hear the robin go tweet, 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 David Price. <laughs> Why are those who like to go a tweeting taken to Twitter to go a bleating? Well, we, we don't like change on Twitter, and change is coming. Uh, Twitter has announced some uh, fairly significant changes coming up. They haven't set a date for these yet. Um, but and it's they're going to leak them out, aren't they, the weasels? 
yes. Uh, in the next... <laughs> Why are they weasels? Don't know. Uh, it's going to be happening in the next uh, couple of months. I think that's the, the phrase they've used. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, they're not as, as huge, these changes, as um, when they changed the timeline from being strictly chronological to algorithmic. Um, but they're, they're quite major in their own way. Sure. So we've got um, the 140 characters limit is now a bit less strict. Um, I say now, it's going to be a bit less strict. So in, um, instead of the, the, the Armageddon that uh, the, the hardcore Twitter users were worried about, which, which would break the essential nature yeah. of Twitter of just, just extending that number of 140 characters, it's things like you can append images and links and they won't count as part. Yes, of the... exactly. Um, <clears throat> and a critical part of that is that the if you start the tweet with um, at and then somebody's name, yeah, that doesn't count towards it. And you can do multiple of those. So you can tag in. It becomes more like tagging in. And you can tag in up to 50 people. Uh, so a and... bit like Facebook. <laughs> well, Facebook, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so this, this means, and well, one aspect of that, is that it's going to be easier than ever uh, to dogpile somebody um, if you want to... Uh, what? <laughs> dogpiling is uh, is when a load of people jump on somebody on Twitter um, and all fill their mentions with uh, horrific abuse. Usually. So like a, like a Twitter DDoS attack? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Um, so it's like if you, if you um, wrote on Twitter... I think the Apple Watch isn't very good. And then a load of Apple fans uh, would then jump on you, uh, possibly. I don't think they would actually dogpile you. It's usually something a bit more serious than that. Where does that name come from? Well, it's like dogs jumping on... You never had pile on when you were at school. Yeah, but pile on. dogs. Yeah, Do you go to school with more... dogs? Dogs are more... Pile yes, on. Well, what's wrong with that? Um, yeah. Riding a horse with we... dogs piled up on top of you. pretty sure we called that bundle. We yeah, called we it had... a pile on. We had oh. bundle and pile on. Okay. Um, from the Midlands, we had both. No. Um, you went to one of those funny Midlands Harry school. Potter schools, yeah. Uh, well, so. in the Midlands, I'm going to stress that bit. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, yeah, so also, yeah, gifts and videos and polls and quoted tweets and so all they those don't sort count. of things. So, so, in effect, this this is this is increasing the character rate without increasing. The- it sort of is. Yeah, it, it basically is encouraging you um, to use Twitter more as a publishing platform yeah. rather than just. So originally you had your 140 characters and if you wanted to include a poll or a quoted tweet or a picture or whatever, you knew you were compromising what you got to say. Yeah. But now it's like, well, it's a free-for-all, so you might as well put all that stuff in. And they want you to use that to make it more like Facebook, blatantly. Oh, well, that's, that's a question I was going to ask. Why are they doing this? Yeah, well, they don't make as much money as Facebook. We had, um, was it, we had Scott in a few weeks ago talking about Facebook's revenue, yeah. um, which is which is pretty silly money. Whereas Twitter, uh, I think you were saying to me earlier, doesn't doesn't really seem to have a strong business model. Well, not really. I mean, um, it, 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 the the idea is broadly similar to Facebook in that essentially it's it's sponsored posts as advertising, yeah, it's promoted tweets, isn't it? But it's got it's got two problems as opposed to Facebook, which is on the one hand, Facebook is this huge data gathering exercise about real people, whereas Twitter is kind of you create a persona, um, so that makes it less attractive from an advertising point of view. Um, but also, yeah, it's it's not as rich media, so you can't do as much, and it's not as arresting because Twitter. One of the great things about Twitter, one of the reasons I love using Twitter, is it's it's constant flow. Um, things things become memes or they become uh, uh, trends, but individual posts rarely kind of stick around. It's quite ephemeral. Um, yeah, and everything they've been doing has been towards taking that away. Yeah. Even though they say they like the the, the ephemerality. Um, the whole, I mean, the algorithmic thing that I talked about earlier, which happened earlier this year, that's all based around 
um, while you were away, yeah. and then they have popular tweets that do stick around, and you can pin tweets at the top of your things. I do quite like well. that. I mean, I, li- I didn't like the, the um, idea of it, but because I do check in Twitter intermittently throughout the day, I quite like the fact that I'll see, oh, Lewis has tweeted something amusing, and it's been liked a few times, or mm. Davis tweeted something in defence of Apple. <laughs> I thought you could say in defence. And demonstrate something <laughs> usually have. What so, I but, like about Twitter is that it's unique, yeah. essentially, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they're getting away from that. Is is that Twitter at its core is a very pure and a very niche product yeah. that that got big. Um, and what was interesting about Twitter early on is that um, everything that happened on it was essentially improvised by the early adopters. Yeah, all the stuff like uh, retweets and at username. Um, it's all stuff that people just thought, well, this is something we could do with this. Very, very simple platform. Even the and idea took it on board. Of, of live tweeting, which has become the live blog, came just from people just doing it. Yeah. And hashtags. But then also, Facebook's complicit in this because if you remember, Facebook used to be your status, used to be your name is, and then yeah. you wrote. So it like, seems really is happy weird. today. Or, yeah. yeah, I've got loads of time hops that come up yeah. and just like, they just start like that. It just Mine, looks really uh, weird. Somewhat poignantly from uh, eight years ago, is glad that the playoff final was in. Wembley rather than Cardiff because I had less far to travel back from watching Leeds get beat by Doncaster <laughs> tough times but yeah uh, and, and then they changed that to be more like Twitter which is you posted stuff you posted yeah. updates rather than status updates um, which kind of, which potentially has limited Twitter's growth because although it's not the same and it's not as good in many ways it's, it's close enough that I don't think it took away some of the uniqueness of Twitter. I find Twitter way less annoying than Facebook these yeah, days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I do just want to be able to edit tweets. <laughs> Why would you edit tweets though? This is what we're talking about. About it's just it's gone. You write the tweet, then it's gone. Because often uh, Chris just puts racist invective up there and then regrets it. He does <laughs> not delete that. It's clear that unfortunately people might have screenshot just the like a link gone slightly wrong yeah. or a spelling mistake or something mm-hmm. like that. So you have to go and delete it and then do the whole thing again. I, should, but I, I mean, I would argue that actually on Twitter, it's okay to say, oh, last tweet had an error in it. Yeah. Here's the right version. Just delete kind it. Of thing. Yeah. Don't even mention it. I don't even mention it. I'll just delete the last tweet, put it out again. If anybody saw it, who cares? It's just yeah. Twitter. It's, no, it's just not the end of the world. It's Some third-party nice. apps allow you, allow you to edit your tweets and they'll go through the whole process of uh, deleting the old one and replacing it with the new one right. for you. But I don't think the official Twitter app lets you do it. Okay. The one I always used to do was... Um, because I have access to Macworld's Twitter account, is that I would send a personal tweet. Uh, you did that Macworld. many times. Well, it was, yeah. And I've I've, never our former colleague David Court was the best at doing that. But I, I did it quite a lot. <laughs> Screw this shit. I really hate working at Macworld. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then you just delete it and, mm. you know, a couple of people saw it. Actually, several thousand people <laughs> saw it, but, you know, never mind. So, is this going to work? I mean, is this going to, because Twitter needs to, A, get, build get bigger i was saying earlier on today you know we were talking about the relative sizes of social networks because that's how we we hang around here um you know linkedin claims more than 400 million active users twitter claims about 310 million active users that's a lot of people but it's chump change compared to facebook and there are lots of countries where twitter just doesn't really 
uh, impacts. Certainly in Scandinavia, it's not a big deal. And it's got like weird penetration. Is it certain communities? Whoa, you've got weird penetration. <laughs> <laughs> Some communities of people, everybody's on Twitter. Yeah, like cricketers, for example. It's very funny. Yeah. That they published the, um, the the test squad for the second test for England. Yeah, and every one of them had a Twitter account except Alastair Cook, and it just went right. Cook, and then all the rest of them is like at risk. Too busy so. lambing, isn't he? Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, farmers don't generally go on Twitter. But, but also, I mean, it, it, I was saying this earlier as well, like, I think, and we're, we're part of this, but um, but Twitter gets more media coverage than it probably deserves because media people use Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And celebrities use Twitter. Yeah, all celebrities are on Twitter. Yeah. Why aren't farmers on Twitter? I only say this because I know farmers who are on Twitter. <laughs> Quite I, take it back, I don't know any farmers. Called out. Okay. I, I have I, friends I, with dairy farms and they're on Twitter. So if so I'd that said I, that on Twitter, I would have got yeah. dogpiled. My, my feed is cowpiled. My, <laughs> my feed is quite interesting because it's all like tech brands, tech journalists, like breweries and stuff. Because I'm into beer, and then my friend occasionally tweeting some stuff about cows that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, I want to see your uh, feed. <laughs> you can all go follow him. Yeah. So, so Twitter is murdering its darlings to attempt to replicate Facebook's commercial success. Is it going to work? Yeah, it it might do. I, I've never understood why... <laughs> Definitive answer. <laughs> can, can we leave it at that? I've, I've always wondered why, uh, and this may reveal my lack of financial acumen, but why companies have to grow, um, why you can't just have a niche product, why you can't just say, this is a really good product, it's good for 100 million people. You know, they it needs to make money out of it, to um, pay for it. But at that stage, you know... But you never it's, did. It's when you have the public buyout, then you need to start making money for shareholders or whatever. Yeah. But if you just start out, and it's your own company, it's a startup. You get to 100 million users and you start putting in promoted tweets. So you're easily you. making enough money to pay back the initial mm, funding. No. From 100 million users? No. It never has. Because if you think <laughs> about it, what, what, how was Twitter making money when it had 100 million users? It didn't. It, I mean, it's quite a controversial thing with the users when they first brought in the sponsored tweet. In fact, the people who make money off Twitter are companies who just put in sponsored tweets with hashtag ad. And Twitter's not making anything out of that. Mm. It's, it's it's a challenged model, and it, it it there will have been some funding, even if it's a few thousand pounds to get it off the ground, that they need to repay back. And as you get bigger, that becomes more of a deal. And yeah, now it's IPO'd. So, um, should we have a whip round for Twitter? Yeah, I'd buy Twitter. <laughs> I think if I, if I give them five thousand pounds, I could buy them. You know, if paid back the funding, that seems to <laughs> maybe okay. <Probably> that. <laughs> Again. <laughs> As David started that sentence, <laughs> you maybe don't understand the commercial aspects. But no, I, mean, I take your point. You, you, don't, you don't necessarily need... To, growth is not always a good thing. User numbers growth is not always a good thing. But they're in this kind of... Um, you know, it's, it's almost like an algorithm where you need they need, a, they need to make a certain amount from each user and they therefore need a certain number of users in order to be a profitable product. Let's face it, most um, social network products... Most startup products never actually get into serious profit. So, but as I say, that's where the other challenge is because if you're Facebook, you actually didn't need to make a profit to have a huge IPO because you've got so much data about so many people, you can be comfortable that it's probably going to make money at some stage. Twitter doesn't have that. What's an IPO? Uh, when you go public, when you sell shares in an initial something public offering. offering initial public offering See, I'm going to pretend that I knew stuff. that and asked you just for the listeners nice <laughs> nice journalism okay let's go around the room neat tweets or reet or bunch of twits neat tweets or eat. David Price 
I'm on the fence. Oh. I, I know. But we, almost, we almost had a whole pod of us answering yeah. the questions properly. <laughs> yeah. You're a tweeting point. bird. You're like a bird on a wire. I both love and hate Twitter. Um, there's, a, there's a lot about it that I think is great, but it has been eroded. So, neat <laughs> <laughs> tweets or reads or a bunch of tweets, or you can be a tweeting bird on a wire. I'll be a tweeting bird on the wire. Lewis Painter. Was it neat tweets or reads? Yeah. yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, thank you very much, guys, and thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Do get in touch, let us know your thoughts and your opinions, and to shake us down for some of that cash we have. <laughs> or indeed, if you're interested in advertising, uh, tweet us at UK Tech Podcast, if Twitter still exists, uh, or either email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed and uninformed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. So find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you source podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. Tell your friends. Until then, say goodbye, team. Goodbye, goodbye team. <laughs> UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.